morning and welcome to the first ever edition of T-Bosh and the Fellas Talking Life and Sports. A show for the typical everyday sports fan created by a few everyday sports fans. I'm your host Thomas Bosch and we thank you for tuning in. On today's show we'll have a couple of my good friends on to discuss topics ranging from NBA free agency, NFL players unhappy reaction to these new NBA contracts, gambling on professional sports and much more. Joining me in studio today, I'll have fellow New York native, my good friend Johnny Tiberzi. Also calling into the show later on from Atlanta, Georgia, will be the money man Joe Bauckham, giving his perspective on sports gambling and what it's like to be a Carolina Panthers fan in hostile territory. With this being our first show ever, we're going to get right down to the nuts and bolts of it. I'm going to go ahead and get my first guest in studio right now to hammer out some of the topics on today's agenda. And there he is. All right, y'all, I've got a good friend of mine in studio today joining me. My Long Island brother from another mother, Johnny Tiberzi, joins me to discuss the NBA free agency period and why it may affect how NFL players view their future contracts. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hello, Los Angeles. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in to shoot the breeze, man. <laughs> always, always a pleasure. All right, let's get right into this. All right. Let's talk NBA contracts for a second. What do you think about the type of money that's being dumped on players this free agency period? Too much? Uh, yes, I think it's ridiculous uh, how much B players are making uh, in the NBA. Currently. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that somebody like Bismack Biombo got like $70 million. Yeah. He showed up for like five games in the playoffs. Yeah. And he's a, he's a homer for you. So you would think that you would be excited. That yeah. As a, as a Charlotte Hornets <laughs> fan, we did draft him originally. Yeah. Yeah. But we let him go. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm a, again, Hornets fan, Nick Batum, 120 million for five years. I mean, we need him. But that's a lot of money for, a, you know, not a superstar. I mean, paying over $100 million for a contract for a non-superstar, a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, you know, a Russell Westbrook, whatever, whatever you might be. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, talking about this free agency, mm -hmm. we've heard a lot of NFL players voice or tweet or Instagram or whatever social media outlet being used speak out on these NBA contracts. And... You know, they're saying they seem exorbitant. Do you think NFL players have a legit gripe, uh, you know, a legit gripe about being underpaid? Uh, yes and no. Uh, reason I why mean, I, at least comparatively. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I guess the way I look at it is a lot of NFL players have usually the ability to play two different sports. And they did choose to play football knowing that, um, you know, they kind of. Well, that's not true. Some of these offensive linemen couldn't have been baseball players. That's where the real money's at. <laughs> That's true. That is also true. Uh, I guess, yeah. Well, actually, there's a lot of fat dudes in baseball, so I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, my boy Bartolo Colon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's smacking home runs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think you have to take into account a few factors. I think the number, of, the size of the teams, the number of players on a team. There's 50 to 60 players on an NFL squad. Right. An NBA team has 13 players. You know. Right. Um, and then may, I don't even know how their practice squad system works, but I'm pretty sure they just pull people up from D league. They don't actually like pay practice squad players. So 13 players versus 50 something. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think that NFL players, they have a much more demanding job in terms of phys the physical nature of it. Absolutely. You know, I mean, 
it's you literally need all the players on a team to be cohesive versus like you could have some like two really good players on an NBA team, pay them a lot of money and they could, it could be a good team. I mean, you legitimately know? you could play with six guys. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then just have crappy players on the back end of the bench yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I personally, I don't blame NFL players for wanting to set up their families for a generation or two. If I'm one of these NBA players, I couldn't be happier for the increase in the salary cap for all these teams. I mean, as a matter of fact, it goes up again next year. Yeah. I mean, that's your, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. And there's a floor. So they have to spend a certain amount of money that they're required. So they really have no choice, but to overpay a lot of these players to fulfill the floor of the salary cap, Never mind the ceiling. Yeah. I think there's like a 9% increase in the cap again next year, which is I mean, they're already spending like 150 million a year on these players. You know, I don't know what my Charlotte Hornets are doing with all that money because we didn't sign anybody in free agency. <laughs> but yeah, you <know>, I mean, <laughs> they got to do something with it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a lot of money. I, and you know, the NBA or the NFL has you know a similar cap, but more players to pay. Right. You know, the average length of their career is shorter in the NFL too. So it's like. That guaranteed, and, uh, oh, and the guaranteed money, it's probably the most important part. NBA contracts are guaranteed versus NFL contracts. They get a certain amount of guaranteed money and then they may get all of it. Uh, but, you know, that's not a that's not a guarantee. No. How often do you see that? I mean, you're always seeing players restructure their deals towards the back end. And, you know, a lot of these NFL contracts, they're not real. They turn around and say, oh, you're going to make 115 million over the next five years. But realistically, right, only they cut them after three. Yeah. Because they don't want to. Yeah. They put all the all the big money on the back end of the contract. So they're either going to cut the player and someone else is going to eat that contract or they're just going to, you know, what are we calling it? Uh, restructure. Yeah. Restructure. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Restructure these contracts. Yeah. You know, I would place a lot of the NFL players resentment towards their, you know, by today's professional sports standards, underwhelming pay scale on the owners. I mean, do you think the owners make too much money? I mean, some of these franchises are worth several billion dollars. Yeah, it is crazy, especially with the new TV deals uh, that are falling into place, which is also helping increase uh, not only the NBA cap, but also the NFL cap. So, um, you know, yes, the caps are raising for the amount that they have spent on the players, but they're not losing out on money, these owners. They're still making a bucket load. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big Panthers fan. The Panthers in uh, the Forbes money list, they're worth $2 billion. Mm -hmm. Like that's ridiculous. I mean, that's ridiculous. I think a lot of this, a lot of the problem here is the players aren't being represented in the correct way. I believe that NFL players or representatives have dropped the ball when going to the negotiating table for CBA talks, uh, collective bargaining talks. Do you think they should have stood tall when dealing with owners in terms of salary cap increase for each team? Well, I think what the problem is, is that, again, going back to how much these franchises are worth and how much these owners are worth, they have the ability, if there's a lockout, to stay locked out and they're not really going to lose their shirts. A lot of these players, especially, you know, you're talking number 11 to 53 that are getting paid only, let's say, a couple million a year. They sit out. If and that, that, I mean, I think could be uh, it. I think league minimum right now is like is it four hundred and fifty thousand yeah, a year. It was like five sixty something. Right yeah, right something in like there. that. Even practice squad players get paid one ten. Yeah, 
after taxes, you're down to 70. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might as well go be a manager at a restaurant somewhere, you know, I mean, that might like, that's about the equivalent of the money. Only restaurant managers don't have to get popped in their face, you know, by 300 pound dudes. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, the other thing, too, is the average career in the NFL is what four and a half years. So really, after that rookie contract, you know, if they are able to get a second contract and you're talking, obviously, you know, the uh, good to elite players, obviously getting multiple contracts, they may only have one or two other opportunities to sign for big money where these NBA guys are playing for 20 seasons. They're signing five, six, seven. Now, with the way everybody's doing only one, two year deals. You know, they could sign 10 different contracts throughout their career and continue to increase the amount of money that they're making yeah. where you don't have that ability as an NFL player because you don't have the ability to play that that yeah. long. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I think uh, the collective bargaining talks are another two years down the road, mm -hmm. but I think that someone should should have a serious conversation about, I mean, I'm not saying all these professional athletes that make millions of dollars have a whole lot of room to complain because they play a game for for a living. Right. Um, but that is a, you know, short time period, especially when it comes to the NFL. So I think coming into the next CBA talks that they need to, they need to do something about the cap. I mean, they make all these rule changes every year. You know, these owners are making hand over fist money. There's plenty of money to be spent. I mean, in most cases, these owners are getting taxpayer money for their own stadiums <laughs> right. that they're building. <laughs> like that's, I mean, they, They've got plenty of money. At case in point, your uh, Carolina Panthers, they're getting tax money from both North Carolina and South Carolina because Jerry Richardson's smart and uh, it makes it both states' teams. So no, he's collecting, he's hey, collecting hey, double the money. Hey, don't talk bad about my <laughs> Panthers. Jerry Richardson's a pimp. Hey, you know what? Giants play in Jersey in their New York team, so really I'm sure that they're uh, profiting on taxes yes. from both states also. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, all right, so back to the NBA real quick. I need a top three rundown from you. Who do you think were the top three teams in NBA free agency this year? And knowing you as well as I do, I know who one of these teams will be. Let's hear it. All right. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll go in order uh, three down. So uh, I'm going to give my New York Knicks the third. Um, I think. They wow. Really? Win -win. You don't give them the number one. No, no. Actually, uh, I think my number one's going to surprise you. But uh, the Knicks signing or trading for Derek Rose with only one year left on his contract is a win win because uh, it's going to bring tickets and fans, um, you know, give them hope, give them another superstar. Plus, he's coming back. You know, I think this year is the year that we'll see if he can bounce back to be close to his uh, MVP form. You got Joachim Noah, who's going to be phenomenal, especially vocally and also helping out. Brzingis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we signed, you know, your boy Lee. Um, yeah, Courtney Lee. I miss you already, baby. Yeah, and then uh, who was the other one? Uh, the other point guard that we just signed, Brandon Jennings. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys made it as as a Knicks fan, uh, which Johnny is clearly. Uh, I think you guys did a pretty good job. Yeah. And, and now you know we'll what? just see if everybody can stay healthy. Hey, and if we don't, we tank, we got draft picks this year. So yeah. either way, it's a win -win. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So that's three. Number two, actually. Uh, I'm, believe it or not, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls. Um, yeah, yeah, that D Wade signing really changed things. Even the Rajo Rondo, I think, was uh, under the radar. I know Rondo sucks, man. Good. Hey, you know what? Statistics. Rondo sucks. He might be able to throw up 15 assists a night, but he can't shoot. He's a bad teammate. I mean, listen. Here's I'm, the thing, though. He put up more assists than um, both Rose and uh, Butler combined last year. 
Uh, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure Rondo and Derrick Rose uh, shooting percentages are pretty close. So uh, I think, you know, for what they paid him. Um, now, the only thing that is a little weird is they are going to definitely be playing small ball, um, you know, with those three yeah. having to be on their court. Uh, somebody's going to be playing small forward and they're all not small forward. Did the Bulls players. re-sign Pau, Pau Gasol? Uh, not yet. I don't believe. I know that he was looking to go to the Spurs, but I don't think he actually signed with anybody yet. But I could be wrong. That would that. be a big loss. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then my number one team, actually, uh, believe it or not. And it is actually uh, still continuing. So this really could solidify it within the next week uh, is the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics young. Uh, they still have a lot of draft picks over the next couple of years. They're looking to make a trade for Blake Griffith. Uh, which yeah, came in the I news. heard that. Uh, and then they're also talking about, uh, you know, with Durant leaving the Thunder, uh, they have the most assets to trade for Westbrook. Uh, then they also just brought in. Uh, who did we just talk about? Uh Boston bringing in Al Horford. Al Horford. So you got a big man that can score. Um, yeah, you know, you yeah. Got a they point did. guard. You got a young team. They got. They played well last year. Uh, yeah. What do they have? Forty six wins. Um, yeah, they were they were right there with my Hornets. Yep. So uh, you know if they pull off this playground of the trade and or the Westbrook trade, um, I think that solidifies them being the best. And I know everybody's talking about the Warriors and getting bringing Durant, but I mean, how much better can they get? Right. How wins. do you improve? How much? How can you improve on seventy three wins? Yeah. Um, so that's why I wouldn't put them in the top three. Obviously, it was a big move, but I think that. Uh, yeah, overall, but I mean, they lost Barbosa. Um, they lost. They lost a couple, but they lost uh, Bogut. They lost a couple of people, you know. Yeah, but they are looking to sign Jermaine O'Neal. I mean, they got enough Jermaine guys. Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, let's bring Jermaine O'Neal back. How old is he? Like forty-five. We're 50? also talking to uh, Ray Allen again. Well, uh, and you know what? Uh, <clears throat> speaking of the Celtics, they actually um, their rookie that they drafted with the number three pick, pick uh, num- blah, 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 number three pick, Jalen Brown. He's been killing it in summer league. Yeah, killing it. Um, he put up like. 26 and 12 last night in one of the summer league games. I know it's summer league, but you know, still. Well, they also got a young point guard in Isaiah Thomas, which uh, has been played real well last year. Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm not a big Isaiah Thomas fan because he took Kemba Walker's spot in the all-star game. <laughs> I can't even believe it. Kemba Walker was like the most improved point guard last year. Anyways, that's just me talking, talking my yeah. Homer talk. All right. Last question. Last question. Now that they both retired, Whose career do you admire more, Tim Duncan or Kobe's? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say Tim Duncan uh, for a couple different reasons. Not only um, do I think as a big man and having a phenomenal shot, a long-lasting career, I kind of look at the whole perspective of even his off-the-court uh, lifestyle and antics and, and whatnot. Um, I think he was just overall a, a better role model, a phenomenal player, and uh, you know definitely can compete uh, in the top. 10 uh, I've seen people talking about him being top five player all time. That's always a tough list, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. He was a, he kept his head low. He was moving. He stayed moving. You know, he always, I mean, 19 time all-star. It's pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Um, but you know, Kobe is Kobe. He is, but uh, also Kobe's last couple of years, uh, you know, obviously start to fall off big time where Duncan slowly started to fade away, but never really affected his team. Yeah. In terms of his performance, where obviously Kobe 100% affected the Lakers' ability to win over the past couple of years because yeah. they overpaid him. They couldn't get players. Yeah. They, you know, he was hurt the last 
three out of the last four years. He needs pretty to much. take 76 out of the hundred shots a game. Hey, you know? he did score 60 in his last NBA game. He did score 60. Uh, Tim Duncan didn't do that. Uh, yeah. But I also believe that they, uh, I think, didn't they play five on four? <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Well, that, I appreciate you coming in, sir. I really do. Um, always a pleasure talking sports with you. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We will do this again soon. Well, thank you for having me. Johnny to everyone. Okay, so coming up next, we have one of my longtime friends calling in to talk gambling and what sports betting means to the growth of professional sports leagues. Calling in now to join the show is a North Carolina native who somehow loves living in Atlanta, the money man Joe Baca. I'm not sure I know anyone more familiar or successful when it comes to sports gambling, at least not personally. We'll get his take on the effect gambling has on fan interest. Also, we'll ask him if he regrets not making a particular bet before the start of last year's NFL season. Joey B., Thanks for joining the show, sir. How are you today, my friend? Morning. I'm doing well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, man. Um, first off, I'd like to say happy anniversary to you. I heard you got seven years under your belt. Yep. I know. For some reason, she's still with me. <laughs> Married life, man. Uh, you're, yep. you're a better man than I, sir. I'm sure I'm uh, not far behind you on that path, though. <laughs> If Victoria, if Victoria has anything to say about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're just going to get right into it. Um, knock out a few questions, kind of get your take on gambling, uh, the effects it has on sports, so on and so forth. All right. First question out of curiosity, what won't you bet on in terms of sports? Is there uh, anything? Is there anything? Uh, there's not much. I mean, I've definitely been known to bet on soccer and some of the more random sports. Um, Are you American? (laughs) (laughs) Who bets on soccer? (laughs) Uh, USA plays soccer, right? Well, that's true. All right. That's true. That's true. Um, But no, you know, there's what about like tennis or like, I've never been on tennis. So that's a good one. Or like cricket. (laughs) A lot of the, a lot of the Indian guys I work with are huge into cricket and they're always talking about betting on that. And I've never bet on cricket. You know, I tried to watch cricket once and it did not work out well for me at all. I had no idea what was going on. I'm the same way. I've watched like a match with some guys I work with at lunch one day and I was like, I don't understand any of this. (laughs) So look, we're, you know, there's some things that I don't bet on. What about, uh, what about, uh, do you think, um, Vegas takes bets on polo? Like maybe the during the Olympics. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. Vegas takes bets on anything. So I would guess that. So. That's true. <laughs> All right. So do you consider yourself a successful gambler? Oh uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm definitely in the positive. Uh, after, but, all you know, the, after all these years, you're still in the positive. Yeah. Cause of one particular win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. All right. But so, yeah, I mean, you know, I go to Vegas and might lose, you know, I'm gonna bring a thousand or 2000 bucks out there. And sometimes I come back down, but I think last time I or last time I went, I came back down about 1100, but the time before I came back up 1600. So oh, really? yeah. no here way. and there, I mean, it's kind of usually a wash. I feel like how many times have you been to Vegas in the last year? In the last year? Yeah. Uh, between May and May of this year, I went three times. <laughs> May of last year, May of this year. So. I, don't, I don't think Vegas would be a good place for me. <laughs> I just don't. It's a good place for everybody. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you think that gambling helps or hurts sports when you're talking about fan interest? Honestly, I think it helps. I mean, it. 
I think that if you put a bet in on a game, you're obviously going to be way more interested in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even if you're not interested in a game and you decide to put a bet in on it, then it kind of, you know, that gives you a reason. It gives people a reason to watch a particular event they may not watch because they wanted to bet on it. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, th- I feel like um, gambling in general makes me watch things that I really would like tune out generally because, you know, if it's not my team, I don't really care. But if I got money riding on it, then uh, I'm probably tuned in till the, till the bitter end, you know? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I had um, Allison's little, little brother was in town during the March madness and he'd never been on sports before. And he threw some money in the, the place I gamble at. And, you know, halfway through the weekend, he's like, man, I don't know how I ever watch sports without gambling on them. This is way more fun. Well, yeah. And you know, there's a difference between sports gambling and then like the new trend, which is like FanDuel, DraftKings, like fantasy, you know, fantasy football sports where they think, where they say there's a bit of skill involved in it versus like a straight out uh, or an outright sports bet. Um, and actually I, I think that some of these leagues, um, I know the NBA's commissioner, Adam silver is supporting sports betting, uh, because he think for the same reason, he thinks it draws more fan interest, but then you have like the NFL who like is completely, completely against it, you know, but yeah, but like Robert Kraft is one of the biggest backers of DraftKings. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, no, you know. well, that's the thing is like, they look at the differentiation between, um, like FanDuel, DraftKings, and actual sports betting, and the NFL is like one of the major sponsors of like DraftKings and and FanDuel. So it's for sure it's kind of hypocritical, but you know, I mean, oh, it's definitely hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you live in Atlanta. As a Panthers fan living in Atlanta, do you catch a lot of a lot of crap from Panther from the I'm sorry from the Falcon faithful? Um, you know, the teams are division rivals. Yes, all the time. Do you? Thankfully for me, it's been, uh, <laughs> we've been a lot better team than the Falcons the last three years. So. Yeah, so there's probably not a whole lot they can say about it. Not a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, even last year, the only loss we had was to them. And that was like a huge deal for Falcons fans to be able to talk trash to me. Right. But, right. uh, you know, at that point I'm like, what do I care? We've, well, I haven't lost a game all season. That's, until true. Now, so. That's true. So you have no problem rocking your Panthers gear around Atlanta. Oh no. I mean, yeah, I've, you know, I'm not one to keep my mouth quiet very often when it comes to Panthers um, trash talking, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's been years where it's been worse than others. You know, we've had bad, we've had bad seasons when I've lived down here and it's definitely not fun being a Panthers fan at that point living here. Yeah. um, But as the recent past, it's been fun because we've been a pretty good team the last few years. So it's more me being able to talk trash to them than them talking trash to me. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Being, being in Atlanta, you know, uh, full time, what can you tell from what you can tell? What's the general feeling in Atlanta going into the season about this, uh, this season about the Falcons? They got a new stadium going up. They got a second year head coach. You know, they have a franchise quarterback. You think those dirty bird fans are feeling confident? I would say no, uh, based <laughs> on the sports radio down here and just talking with, I mean, you know, almost all my friends are Falcons fans down here and just talking to them. I'd, I don't know if they're not confident or the fact is that they know that the Panthers have a very good team coming back again this year. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of understand the realization that they're probably not going to win the division. Yeah. I mean, um, there's been some but, talk, you know, about- the, and they just, they didn't make good draft picks. They went, you know, they're all about picking up the secondary and 
I don't know. We'll see. I do not feel that they're confident that I can tell you that. Yeah. I, I mean, think that uh, they, they don't, I, they don't plan to make the playoffs. I feel like they have a decent team, but you know, for some reason, the last couple of years, they can't put it together. I mean, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. They've got a new coach and Dan Snyder. He did a good job. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't get it, but I hope they keep messing up because <laughs> yeah, as, I mean, they started out great last myself, year and then they choked the whole second half of the season. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. I mean, the new stadium. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's coming along, but you know, they're also oh, hundreds of millions of dollars over budget on that. So that's another little bit of a disaster between that and the brave stadiums. They got a whole bunch of stuff going on down here. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to the gambling part, how much do you wish that you could go back before the start of last season and bet on the Panthers to reach a super bowl? What do you think? What, first off, what do you think the odds were? Uh, I had them at 50 to one. I did put that bet in. Oh, you did uh, put the bet in. Yeah. I uh, was in Vegas last probably May or July range. And, um, I got it in at 50 to one for $50. Um, unfortunately it wasn't just to make the Super Bowl though. It was to win it. <laughs> so, so you just missed on that. Just missed that. Bet. What's the payout rough. on that? What, what, what would have been the payout on it? Had you won Uh $2,500 for 50 bucks. Oh my God. Maybe I do so, need to get into uh betting gambling. It was, uh, it was, it was a rough loss. I mean, and I could have hedged the bet and bet on the Broncos because they were paying plus plus one fifty. So I could have put, you know, a thousand dollars down on them and guaranteed myself a $1,500 profit no matter what. But instead <laughs> I rode the boys and hey, went man. down with them. We were so close. We were so uh, yeah. close. And for everybody out there, I'm a huge Panthers fan. So, you know, I'm a Homer too. So, um, <laughs> would you place the same wager on the Panthers this season? Uh, well, I was just in Vegas and I didn't, (laughs) I think, I think when I was out there, they were only eight or 10 to one. So, I mean, at that point, you know, putting $50 down, what the heck, what is, you know, what's 50 bucks. I mean, yeah, $500 payout, I guess. But after, you know, last year when it would have been a $2,500 payout, it just doesn't seem as cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I might still put it on it. Who knows? Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're expected to do a lot better this year. So yeah. Um, I gotta know what is the most amount of money you've ever won on a single sporting event? I mean, give I want to give it to know. me straight, Joe. Well, I, I, on a single sporting event, if you include DraftKings, I did win the hundred thousand dollars on DraftKings. You won a hundred grand on DraftKings, hundred grand on a $3 bet. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive. Um, now what sport was it? Golf. Golf. You won golf. You won a hundred grand on golf through DraftKings. Yep. Thanks to Davis. Love the third. I hate you. I mean, I love you, but I hate you. Um, That is Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, definitely, uh, you know, one of those once in a lifetime kind of hits and being a big gambler like I am, it's always... Always nice stuff. Of course, now it's kind of jaded me though, because I'm like, oh, I can win a thousand dollars. Who cares? Like, (laughs) whatever. Well, you're probably you're probably using the hundred grand to make those wagers, so you know, works out in your favor. And you know, speaking of your wife um, and the anniversary you guys just had, now, how does your wife Allison feel about your fascination with gambling? I mean, after a win like that, she's got to probably feel pretty good about it, right? Yeah. Um, 
thankfully she's never been one to give me grief about gambling. Um, and this was when this was before you won the all that, before that I won the money. money. I mean, she knew, I, you know. But I'm like I said, I'm I'm a decent gambler. I've never lost anything big. Maybe a couple grand here and there if I go to Vegas. But um, for the most part, I've been pretty decent at gambling, and I'm pretty smart on my betting. But uh, yeah, now she definitely has no room to ever talk. I feel like I kind of got myself a pass for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've known you for 15 years, and I've never known you to be scared to place a bet. No, never. Well, scared money don't make money, man. That's, that's right. My, <laughs> that's my theme in life. That's awesome. All right, the money man, Joe Bauckham. Thanks for calling the show, sir. I appreciate you being part of this experiment. Hopefully, we'll do it again real soon. Uh, keep those disgusting, dirty Falcons fans in line down there for me, will you? Oh, yeah. No question. <laughs> we'll do. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. All right. Well, it looks like we're about out of time for today's show, but don't fret. T-Bosh and the fellas talking life and sports will be back next week with some more insight from my fellow crazy sports fan friends. I'd like to thank Johnny Taberzi and the money man Joe Bauckham for weighing in today. We hope you enjoyed our show and our take on some of the current issues going on in the sports world. If there are certain topics you'd like us to discuss or have questions about, please email me at thomasbosch23 at gmail.com. That's thomas, B-A-S-C-H, 23 at gmail.com. And we'll do our best to answer your questions and hash out the burning issues of the day. Until next time, we are T-Bosch and the fellas talking life and sports. (laughs) 